Hello everybody, it's um, Sidoni Ngum and Giselle and it's another Thursday night at Christian Women in the UK and we are back with a talk. Um, we had a special guest lined up for this evening um, but apologies, um, something came up, she had other commitments and she can't be with us sadly today um, but we are going to try and rearrange for her to come back another time. Um, and perhaps come back another time and have that conversation with us. So we're really sorry if anybody was looking forward. Um, actually, I know a, a few people in the group were looking forward to hearing um, what she had to say, but apologies that she can't be with us tonight. Um, so we have decided to carry on with our Women of the Bible series. We realised that obviously because of everything that happened in December, we missed December's woman. Um, so we're going to do that now. And that means the good news is we'll get two women of the Bible this month, which is amazing. Um, so, yes, let's have a look. I think this week or the next woman in our book is the anointing woman, it calls her. Um, so if you remember back in November, which was our last woman um, that we did, she was the anointing sinner. This woman is the anointing woman, um, and this refers to the woman at Simon the leper's house in Matthew chapter 26. Um, so, Giselle, have you got your Bible there? Do you want to read um, chapter 26? I think she comes. Um, and she is from verse 6 to verse 13. Right, hold on a wee second. I'm as bad as all of you ladies. Oh, there's, there's my eyeglass there. Matthew 26, and she's from verse where? 6 to 13. 6 to 13. Okay, NLT version. Mm -hmm. uh, Matthew 26, 6 to 13. And it's entitled, Jesus Anointed at Bethany. And it is written, Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon a man who had leprosy. Uh, during supper, a woman came in with a beautiful jar of expensive perfume and poured it over his head. The disciples were indignant when they saw this. What a waste of money, they said. She could have sold for a fortune and given the money to the poor. But Jesus replied, why berate her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, but I will not be here with you much longer. She had poured this perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. I assure you, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be talked about in her memory. Wow. It has to be the same woman. What a powerful woman. But it can't be because the other woman anointed his feet. Maybe she did his head. <laughs> and look, That's, do true. Remember? That's true, isn't it? Yes. Yes, and, and she poured this over his head. Yes. Yeah. Because the other woman did his feet and wiped it with her hair. Okay. But yes. then didn't he say something similar about her? When, where's that Luke reference? You know, because wasn't he also criticized? I can't remember. She was criticized. She was very, she was criticized for that. Um, but yeah. What was Jesus' response? Yeah. Can we have a look at that look bit again? Just interesting. Okay, so um, Luke 7, 
36 to 50. Um, so let's see. This is, she's the one that they thought was the sinner, wasn't she? Yes. Yeah. Um, and they thought she, they thought the Pharisees thought um, she shouldn't be doing what she was doing because she was a sinner. Luke mm-hmm. 7, 36. Right, so let's see. Okay. Okay, so this is, she came in, so um, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. Um, as she stood behind him um, at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them and poured the perfume on them. Um, then the Pharisees mm-hmm. who had invited him saw this. He said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of woman she is. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. a sinner. Um, and then Jesus said to him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Um you know, tell me, Tisha, he said, you know, so I think, yeah, that was that woman. And he goes on to tell them the parable of, um, you know, two people owing a moneylender. One yeah. owed him, mm-hmm. you know, 500 yeah. denarii, the other 50. And, you know, and the man oh, says, correctly. Yes. so yeah. that was the Pharisee being a Pharisee. Yeah. Uh, but this woman. Yeah, it's is, two different women. You're right. Two different yeah. women. Yeah. So it's this yeah. woman. Yeah. What were you saying, G? No, it, it definitely is two different women. Yeah. But, but what I'm getting from this is that, um, again, the disciples that didn't learn the first time when Jesus told them off about to leave the, the sinning woman alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So, again, they kick up a fuss because yeah, another woman uses expensive mm-hmm. perfume to anoint Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it, it shows you just what little trust really mm. faith maybe yeah i don't maybe know maybe just ideas right it's some idea it's not easy to let go of them even when you get a logical explanation of why you shouldn't mm. so it, it makes you think how were they brought up what was the social culture in that time because it just seems to me like these were really deeply ingrained ideas that were just hard for them to let go of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the book that we we used um, says um, there were three occasions on which women displayed their love for Jesus by anointing him with precious perfumes. This woman is unnamed, but her act is memorialized. She anointed Jesus just two days before his crucifixion. Unlike the Mm -hmm. other anointed woman, she pours it on Christ's head rather than his feet. Again, there Mm -hmm. are objections. Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it have been better to sell the ointment and give the money to the poor? Jesus responded, why do you trouble this woman? Um, for she's, got, she's done a good work for me. For you mm-hmm. have the poor with you always, but me you do not have with you always. She's pouring this fragrant oil on my body. Um, you know, Jesus' words bring this woman's actions into focus. He says yeah. she did it for my burial. Um, We don't know whether the woman understood the significance of her action, but Matthew tells us that Jesus had just told his disciples that he was about to be crucified. 
Um, since women were among his disciples, it's possible that she knew exactly what she was doing. Yes. And it was undoubtedly an act of love, but it may well have signaled an understanding of what Jesus faced that the male disciples lacked. The anointing and that of other and that of the other anointing women were destined to be the only anointing Jesus's body would receive. Before the women who planned to anoint his dead body returned to the tomb where Jesus was laid, he had risen from the dead. Isn't that amazing? So mm -hmm. two women in Jesus's life anointed him. Yeah, is it two or three? First woman, second woman, third Exactly three. A third woman? Yeah. If you look on page 13, there's a oh, table yeah. there. The book we're reading from, guys, is Women in the Bible. A third woman, the first woman mm. in Luke. Bethany, Bethany. Some people think yeah. that women um, <clears throat> in Mark. Women two and three are the same. Uh, no, mm -hmm. women, yes, women two and three are the same. Okay. But they may, may not be. Yeah. No, I don't, think, I, I don't think they are because. The woman we're talking about today is woman three, isn't it? Yeah. Anointing woman. Yeah. But you and know what's interesting? And, and you see, the first lady was at the home of Lazarus. This mm -hmm. woman is at the home of Simon, home of the, Simon leper. the leper. Which yeah. in itself is striking. Yes. That Jesus went to a leper's house. Yes. Exactly. Given, and, and the yeah. first lady was six days before the Passover. This lady is only two days before the Passover. Yeah. Before the death. So it's like uh -huh. all these women. You know what, though? I mean, this is not particularly biblical theory. It's even, I'm just thinking like all these women, right? There was just something that they were able to see. And I, it, it just makes me wonder, life. it's almost like, why was Jesus killed? Like the babes were into him. What can I say? Right? <laughs> there was just something about Jesus that appealed. How can I put it? It's almost like if Jesus came today, like Sidoni, you put something on the, on the Facebook group and you said, if you met God, what would you ask him, right? Yeah. If I met Jesus, the question I want to ask him is that, why was your relationship with women so different? Mm. Because it's almost like, how could these women see what, like you were saying, Giselle, these men were his followers, right? They were with him everywhere. How could yeah. these women see what they couldn't see? Because you're right, Sidoni, I don't think that woman, how can I put it? I don't think it was a coincidence what she did. Mm. I mm. feel like, even if she did not know what she was doing, that was a very prophetic action, mm. you know, because I mean, what, what the anointing is usually what an endorsement for you to go and do something, right? Mm. We see when Samuel anoints David. Mm. So we always know that it, it's almost like you're giving somebody authority or showing somebody to be a king, right? Historically, that's what anointing was for. So I feel like this woman recognized the king in Jesus. Mm -hmm. she definitely because what i mean from what i i know christ means the anointed one right mm -hmm. so she must have known something and it just reminds me of when jesus introduced himself the first time where he reads from isaiah i don't know maybe she was there or maybe she knew that prophecy mm -hmm. and she was able to connect it but it just feels to me like this woman is in some ways a representation of the holy spirit because it is really the holy spirit that empowers people to do things right but i just feel that yeah i feel like she's i just feel like she connected she knew something about jesus you know there were many other men there why did she choose jesus mm. and i bet that's why they didn't like it that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> jesus jesus made many enemies for many things 
I would not be surprised if there was a bunch of people who just thought, who is this guy? And why are all the babes into him? You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you make a good point. I mean, even like the, when you said earlier about what, you know, Jesus being in the home of a leper. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something. And and it's interesting because it, it feels like it's always the gentle, the meek and the lowly that recognize who Jesus is mm-hmm. um you know the the you know women would have been op- oppressed in that society um but they recognize who Jesus is they recognize the freedom that they have in him and the message that he brings which is ultimately the message of of good news and eternity um with the father and that's you know and and verse 7 says the woman came to him like she sought him out. It's like the other woman as well. She sought him out. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, he wasn't walking in, in town or, or in, in the crowds where, like, you know, for example, the woman with the issue of blood um, will get to her later. But, you know, he wasn't in the crowd where she, you know, she found even that woman actually seeks him out. But this woman actually, it says she came to Jesus Um with an alabaster jar of, of expensive perfume. She came with something expensive. She came with something of value, not necessarily yeah. expensive, but she came with something of value. Um, and, and you know, we, we might say that that's her, that's her offering, that's her gift. Yeah, absolutely. Do we she come thought about it. To Jesus, do we come with something of value? Or do we come... Ooh empty-handed you know do we come with something expensive not necessarily monetarily expensive but emotionally expensive psychologically expensive something of value um or do we come to Jesus and go well that bit of my life is out of bounds that other bit is out of bounds you can't really get in there this is what I would rather give you this is what I'm giving to you Do we come with what we consider precious to him? You know, and and it's that whole thing. And that's why Abraham just blows my mind. Abraham came with his child, his only child. Imagine that. Like there was nothing out of bounds in Abraham's life that God couldn't use or touch. Wow. Even the most expensive thing in Abraham's life to Abraham. I mean, this guy was childless for decades, right? Exactly. He finally wow. has a child um, in his old age, which is by all accounts a miraculous child. Mm-hmm. And then he's asked to kill that child. And, and that's something of value. Abraham takes something of value to that altar. He doesn't go empty-handed. He goes trusting that God will sort it out one way or another. He doesn't quite know how God intends to sort it out, but he knows that whatever happens, whether he's about to be fatherless again um, or God is about to come good, Abraham doesn't know, but Abraham trusts and Abraham takes Isaac up to that altar. Abraham goes with something valuable. And it's, you know, it, it's like this woman, she goes with something expensive. Doesn't mean we have to go buy the best Chanel perfume and take it, you know, and give it as an offering, 
I think that the, 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 the symbolism here is something expensive. Are you coming to Christ with your most valuable thing? Are you leaving your most valuable things at his feet? Are you offering what's most valuable to you to Christ? Wow. Um, or are you going saying, I'm here, Lord, but you can't touch my kids. You can't touch my jobs. It's okay. You can play around with my family relationships with my siblings and my parents, whatever. But you really can't go into these X, Y, Z places. Or are you actually going to him and go, this is everything I've got. My life, my wealth, my kids, my health. This is everything I've got. I bring to you. I put it down at your feet, Lord. Um, and, you know, the symbolism that this woman shows is, is just is mind-blowing. Um, and so when the disciples see this, they become indignant. Mm. Why this waste, they say. This perfume. Exactly. Sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Don't we all know someone like that? Has always got a smart thing to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But like you said, maybe they just missed the point because I think sometimes, right, it's about people's understanding of value and people's understanding of a situation because they may have been speaking okay we hear here that they were indignant so maybe it wasn't really from the heart but you know how sometimes people just value things differently Mm -hmm. so I feel like if the word indignant wasn't there I would have thought that okay maybe they just didn't understand um but yeah the word indignant kind of makes me think okay maybe like you said they were just Maybe they just did not see. How can I put? You know, sometimes when somebody's with you all the time, yeah, you take them for granted. People, though, these 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 people that were looking on. I mean, Giselle, you know, what do you think about this? Don't we all have those people in our lives who who were there to to, to give us bad counsel, who were there to turn us away from the right way or the right thing? Mm-hmm. Big time, big time. Because what we have to remember is. God sends people into our lives to bless us. But also Satan sends people into our lives to trip us up. To mess us up, definitely. You have to have have this. Big time, big time. You have to have discernment. And that's where our gift of discernment comes in, big time, that we should know the difference. Mm -hmm. And it really does show here, we've talked about this before, about how the first lady, the, uh, uh, the anointing sinner, knew who jesus was and you you've, you've said it tonight again too you and anointing these these women anointing jesus one with the feet this one on the head the uh speaking art was used for kings mm. and they knew that jesus was going you know, he, they knew exactly who he is they mm. knew he's the king of kings and you know, just how the men didn't t- uh, twig onto that are you surprised? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just ask something, G. You know, like, because in those days, right? I think men and women didn't mix freely, right? If I'm correct, it wasn't really common for men and women to mix freely. Is that right? Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. very okay. much so. So what what strikes me is that all the women you talked about, um, Sidonie, they actually sought Jesus out. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, what was it about Jesus that made these women not afraid? But not only not afraid of him to approach him, 
but not afraid to break social norms. There was really something about Jesus that emboldened, I won't say just women, but seeing as we're talking about women, but the lowly in society, there was just mm. something about Jesus that emboldened them. Mm. But it's that's something that I noticed from the story. The, um, to, to put it really, like, you know, really badly, but they don't have the chip on their shoulder, you know? Like, they, they recognise that they have a need. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's only when you recognise that you have a need that you seek out a solution. People seem to pray a lot harder and a lot more when when they have a need or when they need a breakthrough or when they need a miracle than they do when everything's going swimmingly. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the gentle and the meek and the lowly in society recognize that they have a need. They recognize that they need a savior. Um, and they recognize that the world we live in is unfavorable to them. Look at the way lepers were treated. Look at the way you know, yeah, women were treated. Exactly. Even a woman with blood, or even a woman, you know, if we look through the the, the um, commandments back in, in Deuteronomy, we see the way even women who were bleeding, women on their periods, mm-hmm. were considered unclean and for something natural, something you have no control over. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Something that, you know, you need to be quote and unquote unclean for kids to be born. Hello. You know? Yeah. So when you look at all of that, um, you see that those people in society are those people that feel the need um, for a savior. And so they will seek Jesus out. And it's, it's, it's true of us today. Um, we tend to seek him more and we tend to be, I mean, I've heard people say, and this is probably true for me as well. Like you feel closer to God when you're in need, like, you know, when you, when you, yeah. need something, you're like, <laughs> when you look left and look right and no solution is coming. You have no choice, right? Your back is against the wall. Exactly. It's easier to have faith where you don't have options. That's <laughs> it, you know, and then you're, you know, you're there, you're singing, abide with me, you're singing, just a closer walk with me, my Jesus, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because, because you have no options. <laughs> the, 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 the song that gets to me, and just as you were saying earlier, Sedona, mm. this woman came and gave all she had. And Sharon actually has said here, uh, the lady I feel came with the most precious thing she had, the alabaster jar of perfume, because I feel she understood how precious Jesus is. Jesus is absolutely spot on. Sharon. But it's like, um, there is a, a, a song, a gospel song, that I surrender all. Oh, yes, I love that song. Yeah, but when you're singing it, have you actually really thought of the words? Do you no, surrender all? smiling because I know the version she likes. Yeah, but, <laughs> oh, but, yeah. But, but the thing is, we sing it, but we mm. don't surrender all. Mm-mm, mm-mm. We don't. We, we don't. don't. Exactly. It's not easy to surrender to Jesus, you know, because like no. you said, we have things that are not even good for us, but mm-hmm. we are so used to them. But, mm-hmm. what, see, but, what, yeah. does Je- but what does Jesus want us to surrender to him? Everything. Our Everything. life, like our, all, like our faith, our faith and trust in him. Just, just, that's it. Just everything. My life, my, there's, there's, a, there's an old hymn that, you know, it ends with my life, my all, um, I surrender, I give you. And yep. it's you all, like literally, mm. you're everything. Yep. And that's yeah. hard because as humans, 
We like to be in control. We're going to keep control of some things. Even though we're not even in control, but we feel like we are. But it's, it's, I mean, to let go, as Americans will say, let go and let God. That thing isn't easy because, you know, you've been brought up to think that you should be in control of this, that, and the other. So it really takes the help of God to be able to surrender. It mm-hmm. really, oh. I mean, once you do it, you feel good, right? For me, for example, the, <laughs> the times when I've been able to surrender, I think I got to a point where I just saw that this is pointless doing it on my own. Mm-hmm. You know when you've tried and tried and it's not working? It's just like, yeah, <laughs> and you're just I like, okay, it. now I'm too tired. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know mm-hmm. I should have done it ever since, but you know what, you were right. Because I think sometimes God will let you you know, it will leave you. Okay, like, It'll just go you. and, you know, suffer for one, two, three years, whatever. He will just mm-hmm. sit there. And then when you get to that point where you've tried everything and it's not working and you run and you're like, oh, yes, Lord, you were right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he'll be like, okay. And it's amazing because once you give that thing to God, the turnaround is like, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, my goodness, I've just wasted three years. <laughs> <laughs> but that's you know? so, yeah. yeah. Mm. So verse 10 says, aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? Jesus comes to her defense. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and you know, Jesus will come to your defense. If you're doing the right thing, he'll always yes. defend you. Um, you know, leave it to God, as they say. He will, he will fight your battles. He will defend mm-hmm. you. Trust in him. So yes. Jesus knows what, <laughs> I'm going to use a very, very modern term now. Jesus knows what the haters are thinking, right? <laughs> yes. Haters going to hate. <laughs> the kids are going to be down in the lingo. Um, so the disciples are over there hating on this woman for doing the right thing. Jesus knows. To them anyway. Wow. Jesus can tell what they're thinking, what the haters are thinking, to put it, to put it in a very modern 21st mm-hmm. century way. Um, exactly. Jesus says to them, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. Um, the poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Now, the poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. That Jesus is just, that sentence is loaded. Very. Because Jesus Make the most of me while you've got me here. Yeah, but he's not saying saying ignore the poor because that's the very reason, you know, that he comes. He comes for for everybody, especially those that are oppressed. But he's saying that they'll always have, there's always going to be problems. There's always going to be the poor. There's always going to be people that are going to need. Yeah. Yeah. But you won't always have this golden opportunity. So why not seize what you can? For one time, yeah, exactly. This this statement is just so multidimensional. If you really think about it, I mean, I was thinking about this a few weeks ago and I thought, Jesus is acknowledging the state of the world in that sentence. Oh, absolutely. He's acknowledging that we're not in a perfect world. He's acknowledging yeah. that there's going to be poverty and everything else that comes with poverty, crime, sickness, disease, everything that's associated with lack. Jesus is yeah. acknowledging. He says, the poor you're always getting. Always. Have. Always. That kind of makes me feel sad, you know? 
Yeah. How long ago was it since Jesus lived? Yeah. And, and 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 he's he's like it's it's almost like the world is always going to be, be imperfect, broken. But that's just the truth because you know what? It's still broken for the same reasons that it was broken in Jesus's time. There will just always be people who find it easy to cheat and oppress other people. He then says, he then says, you won't always have me with you. So grab the opportunity while you can. Mm. And that's a call to salvation. That's a call to, I won't always be on offer. Yeah, that's true. Make people that need to know that now to follow me. He just won't chase. He won't chase you forever. No, and, and 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 you know there is going to be a time. I mean, here Jesus was obviously speaking of you know he was going to be crucified, um, so he was going to leave physically anyway, as it, in in man form he was not going to be with them. But if we think about it spiritually, Jesus, that's also a loaded statement because. He's also saying the offer of salvation is not always going to be there. There's going to come a point where that offer is not going to be there Mm. because I'm coming back and I will come and judge. So seize the day, carpe diem, seize the opportunity whilst you can. Bless you. Um, Seize the opportunity whilst you can. You're, You're living in a broken world. I'm offering myself as a solution to fix this. The wall's always going to be broken, but I'm offering myself as a solution for you to bear with until I come back to reconcile you with myself or to myself. Um, but you've got you've, you've to seize the opportunity whilst it's here. And if that's not a call to salvation, Giselle, I don't know what is. I tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time. You know, that's such a, uh, it's, it's just such a great way to say it. there's actually an American song. I don't know if you know this song. Well, there's blood still running warm in your veins. It's a beautiful, beautiful African-American. I think it's like a quote, an unquote Negro spiritual. And it says basically this, it literally says, while you're still alive, you know, you need to, you need to choose the Lord. You know, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, because it says you, you have to try and serve the Lord while the blood is still running in your veins. Yep. This is the time to do it, right? Because once you're dead. Yeah. There no will come a you. time you do not put off till tomorrow what you can do today. There's, yeah, a la- there's a lady has joined us in the chat, a lovely lady by the name of Liz. And she says, good evening, ladies. I think the light and the presence of Christ, the purity of acceptance and the, and the non-judgmental come as you are was real and felt by all. Hence, Woman and men who even came at night in fear of the public came because of the truth and possible the example for us today as the light that draws men all to the Father. That's beautifully. It's, it's so not beautiful. That's very put. well put, Liz. Thank you for that. Yeah, thank you very much, Liz. It's just that you two, when, truth. When you, two, when you two were talking there, mm. I hit Professor Google. I'll come back again. And I find something very, I think, very interesting. I find five lessons we can learn from uh, the woman with the alabaster box. Okay. And 
one, you give it all. The woman who removed the seal of the alabaster box, the perf- she poured it all out. She didn't hold anything back. She gave it all. Mm. But this is one that I found really interesting. Peace with God. And it says, we know the Lord is in the details. So the type of perfume used is no accident. Oh. Spickenard is mentioned in the Song of Solomon where Jesus describes the heart of his bride as a garden with nine choice fruits and spices. Mm. These nine spices correspond to the nine fruits of the spirit Paul mentions in Galatians. Mm. Nard is mentioned third in the list and is also repeated twice for added emphasis. If we match these spices with the fruits of the spirit, spikenard would represent peace. Wow, yes. I find that really interesting. And you yeah. know, the lessons is healing, uh, releasing his fragrance, which oh, is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And sur- sur- surrender uh, uh, brings peace. Mm. But you, oh. you know, just 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 smelling the fragrance of heaven when you're in praise. Yes. When when I'm in praise and worship, that's when I get really into tune with God. Some people through prayer, some people reading scriptures. For me, it's praise and worship. And it's when I'm in full-blown praise and worship that God speaks to me. And every now and again, I can smell that fragrance of heaven. And I tell you, there is yeah. no other smell like it. It is beautiful, isn't it, ladies? I've heard people say that. I think I've experienced it. I wasn't very sure what I was experiencing. But what you said, G, is true. Because even just yesterday, I had... Ah, I can't tell you what kind of night I had. And I didn't really, all I just wanted to do, I just played praise music. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, I really felt, I felt the healing power of praise. You know, you mm-hmm. can see it, but I just felt like something is happening to me here. Mm-hmm. I could really feel it. It was just, normally I play praise music, right? When I'm at home doing stuff or just sometimes, okay, let me. But yesterday was a different experience. I literally felt, it was almost as if, my soul just wanted more and more and more and more of this. Mm-hmm. It was a, a very, very interesting experience. Yeah, and, there's and definitely healing. And you don't have to praise God only when you're happy, guys. That's another no, thing. Right, right, I think it's much easier to praise God when you're happy. Mm-hmm. But I realized that when you're in a lot of pain, when you're going through something, just put that music on. Even if you don't feel it, it's mm-hmm. your spirit that needs to be ministered to know your emotions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it helps because it, it it there's something about music. I mean, there's there's a reason why the psalms are in the Bible, right? There's and there's so many of them mm-hmm. because there's something about music and and spirituality um, that brings us close to God. Um, and yeah, you're right. I mean, for me, it's you know praise and worship songs, but sometimes it's just the turn of a phrase. It will hit me, and I'll just think hang on a minute, how wonderful. Mm. Like, you know, when you just hear something and then you're, and then the, 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 the magnitude mm-hmm. and what normally tends to hit me is either God's love or just how unimaginably magnificent he is. Like we yes. can't even begin to comprehend um, and yeah. I know I put in the group, you know, if you could ask God one question, what would it be? As, you know, and for me personally, it would be how, like, how could he love us? 
that much. I mean, we struggle to love even our own children. Ourselves, even. Never mind your children, yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to sacrifice yourself. Um, and an altar of quote unquote, you know, self hum- humiliating pride or whatever. It's easy to to put yourself because some people are quite self degradating. But it's harder to sacrifice your child because there's something about procreation and evolution carrying on through your through your seed. There's something about being hard, which is why as a parent, I really respect what Abraham did. But I would ask God, how could you love us? I mean, even animals protect their, their, their young. young. Exactly. But it gets to a point where even some animals would turn on their young. Mm-hmm. You know, some animals would turn on their own, but God would never. Like, exactly. how could he love us as sinful people so much that he would send his own child to die for us and forsake his child on the cross? for our sake, just so that we're not forsaken. And I tell you people, that is a love that you can't buy. No. That's a love that you can't find anywhere else. And if anybody's out there listening to this and they, they're looking for love, um, or they've perhaps been disappointed in love, God's love is a love that it's not replicated anywhere in the universe, not even in nature. Um, it's a pure, undiluted, unconditional kind of love that he's willing to sacrifice his child that you may know him and be with him. And if, if you've been disappointed in love before, um, then I beg you, come to God, because he won't disappoint you. And if you've come to God and you feel like he's disappointed you and you feel like he's let you go and you feel like he's not answered your questions or your prayers and perhaps you've lost a loved one, or a spouse, or a child, or a parent, and you feel abandoned by God, um, just hold on to his promises. He promises never to leave you nor forsake him. So don't leave him. Jesus made it, makes it clear that in this world, we will always have problems. But Jesus also, the Bible also makes it clear that Christ has defeated the world on the cross. And so whatever we're going through here, it's not eternal. Whatever we're going through here, your your grief is deep and it's painful, but it's temporary. And I would encourage those of us who are Christians to pray for our loved ones who are perhaps not Christians to come to know God, this side of heaven. Because when they do pass on, we can have a hope that we'll see them again on the other side. 
And so I suppose this is a, a twofold thing. One for ourselves, that if you're looking for love, if you're looking for true love, right? Forget Hollywood, forget the, the, the novels and the books and everything and the fiction stories or even the non-fiction stories, forget that. Put that to one side. If you're looking for true love, God is love. The Bible tells us that God is love. He is the pure, undiluted form of love. He'll never let you down. Um, come to him and leave everything with him. Come to him with everything you've got. Surrender to him. Come to him with everything, like this woman does, everything of value to you and present it at the altar to him. Leave it with him. He will make it work for your good if you trust him and if you love him. We've done a, a, a discussion before in Romans 8, 28, that says all things will work together for your good. And so God will use even your pain yep. for your good if you love him and trust him with it. And then the second, the second fold of this is if you have loved ones that perhaps don't know of Jesus, it's sometimes harder to speak to your loved ones about Jesus than it is to speak to strangers. Amen. Um, so commit them to prayer. Pray for them and ask that the Lord will touch their hearts so that when, when they do die and when you do die, your grief will be temporary. It will not be eternal because eternity will be in paradise and so if you're with your loved ones in paradise then it'll be an eternity with your loved ones um but know that whatsoever you suffer this side of heaven is temporary and as deep and as raw and as painful as it is and i pray that the lord will give me the strength and the fortitude to bear grief when it does hit as I'm sure so many people are suffering at the moment. Um, but hold on to him. He doesn't lie. Um, he's there with you in the valley. And he says in Psalm 23, as Giselle will, will very, very lovely know, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. For the Lord your God is with you. Amen. He will comfort you. Um, and just bear in mind that you're walking through. The value of the shadow of death is life because the only thing certain about life is death. Mm -hmm. The Absolutely. value of, of death is life. So as you walk through life, fear no evil, for the Lord your God is with you and he will protect you. And he has said he will never leave you. And so trust that. And so even when we pray, let's not pray that God, please be with me because he said he's with you. Let's not pray, God, you know, oh, Please be with me today and be with my loved ones. No, let's say, help me to feel your presence. Let's trust mm -hmm. that he's with us and ask that we feel his presence more. Amen. Um, but yeah, Gee, have you got anything else to add before we pray out? Sharon, our lovely Sharon says, Sedona, you're speaking great this evening. And you really are, my dear. <laughs> that really, that really <laughs> totally. came. Totally. All, all that came from God, so it did. Straight from the throne. going to touch somebody out there, either yeah. here on Facebook watching it or listening to it in playback, 
or mm-hmm. on Spotify or on YouTube that is going to touch people. It really is. Yeah, definitely. Well said, my dear. Uh, we can, I don't think Naomi or I can add anything to that. Mm-hmm. No. Okay, no. well, we use the opportunity to pray then for, for those that are listening. Um, Giselle, do you want to pray for us? I would rather you pray at the minute, Sedona, because the power of God's all over you, my dear, and go for it. <laughs> the power of God is all over all of us. But I'll... Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, come on. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for these lessons that we are learning through these wonderful women that are in the Bible. We thank you for the lesson of surrendering all to you. We thank you for the lesson of bringing our most valuable things to you, to your altar, and presenting them to you, and using them for your benefit and your glory. We thank you, Lord, for the lesson um, that the poor will always be amongst us. But at the same time, we should not despise or, or, or neglect the things of Jesus, the things of the kingdom in this world. Um, But we should also recognize that there are poor people amongst us and things are not perfect this side of heaven. We thank you for that lesson that um, Jesus said that. And so from that, we can draw that this world is not perfect. Help us to help the poor, even as we look to serve Jesus, even as we look to... um, bring everything that's valuable to us at his feet just like this woman did and and poured her oil on his head and help us lord that as we present everything that's valuable to jesus help us to also help the poor amongst us and to not neglect them and help us lord um to take jesus's warning um to heart and really seize the day and value and appreciate the opportunity that we have um, to be able to repent this side of heaven and accept the gift of salvation this side of heaven. For those that are thinking about it, Lord, touch their hearts and turn their hearts to you, Lord. And for those that have been disappointed in love and they're just looking for love and that person who would love them unconditionally, Lord, reveal yourself to them, Lord. For those that are bereaved and perhaps have known you but have pulled away for one reason or another, Lord, Um, Show yourself anew to them. Let them come back to you, Lord. Um, For you are there. You are constant. You are unchanging. From age to age, you are never changing. Um, But we are so fickle as human beings. Um, Our emotions change. Our feelings change. Our attachment to you change. Um, Help us, Lord, to always turn to you and to always keep you in sight. Um, Lord, even as this woman anointed Jesus' head and prepared him for his burial and his crucifixion, that was just two days away, help us to always be aware of your crucifixion. Help us to always be aware of the cross and what it means to us and in our lives. Help us to, to always be two days away from the cross. Help us to always be um, five days away from the resurrection. Help us always keep you in sight, to always, to never be too far from the cross and to never have the resurrection and, and the wonderful um, promise and hope that it represents too far from our minds. Help us to pray for our loved ones that don't know you. So that for those that are bereaved and, 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 and for those that will be bereaved, um, when bereavement comes, it's temporary, it's not eternal because we will have the hope 
of reunification with our loved ones in heaven at your side. Thank you, Heavenly Father, from Gum mm-hmm. and Giselle and Sharon um, and Liz and everybody who's watching um, online at the moment. We ask, Lord, that you would be with them, meet them at their points of need, Lord. You know each and every single one of us. Um, just as you were able to tell what the disciples were thinking um, about this woman using this expensive oil on Jesus's head, you know our inner thoughts. You know when we're indignant. You know when we are flippant you know when our hearts laugh at your promises like sarah did you know our deepest thoughts and desires lord please lord help us to seek you and to know you and to draw close to you and to not be indignant and miss your blessings and miss the opportunity to get to know you better lord be with everybody until next thursday when we come back again for another chat in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Oh, right. Thank Every, you very much. Everybody on Facebook, we're ending the live stream night. So good night to all of you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Facebook people. Good night. Yes. Good night. Night, night. And the Zoom recording, we're going to end up now also. And anyone who wants to get in touch with us, that was touched by tonight or would like to have more information the information for both ministries christian women in the uk and pearls brace the contact details are in the descriptions contact us good night everyone